to Proverbs chapter 3. And um, this is one of my favourite Proverbs, uh, if not one of probably my favourite uh, verse out of the whole Bible. And uh, I remember learning this early on in my Christian life, um, memorising the, uh, the passage, memorising the verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. You know, I don't know if uh, this is a familiar verse to any of you guys, but um, or if it's encouraged you at all in your walk with the Lord, I know it has for me. And it, it's helped me to understand that when God wants me to follow him, he, he loves my thinking, he loves my mind, he likes that I have an intellect and, and, and a thinking process, but he, he calls me and he calls you to follow him with your heart. You know, Jesus, when he was asked by that man once, what, what's the um, greatest commandments, Jesus said those two. You know, love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbour as yourself. And it's interesting that Jesus starts with heart. You know, God starts with heart. And when, when God was choosing a king for um, Israel, um, once King Saul didn't work out, uh, how Israel would would have hoped. Um, God said to the prophet Samuel that he said, I've got a man that's after my heart. And he was talking about King David. You know, and it, there's something about God's heart that David understood or, or was longing for. We can't understand God's heart. But there was, there was he was he was pursuing God's heart and God noticed that. You know, it's our hearts that, that connect to his heart. Um, so I'm, I've got the English Standard Version tonight. This Bible was given to me by my wife when I was ordained, I think. And uh, it's the English Standard Version, and it puts this, these verses this way in uh, Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6. We might just read a few verses, but I'll just be looking really at 5 and 6. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honour the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary, weary, weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him who he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. And we'll stop there. Um, so, this, this proverb, verse 5, says to trust in the Lord. You know, the word Lord there is Yahweh. 
He is the Lord. You know, he's the Old Testament Lord. He's the Lord of Abraham. He's the Lord that the the Pharisees and Sadducees were worshipping. He's the Lord that parted parted the Red Sea that all of Israel could go through uh, just because Moses held up his staff. He's the Lord. L-O-R-D. Yahweh. And we're to trust in the Lord with all of our heart, all of our heart. I don't know if you've ever been uh, in a situation where um, you might, might be right now, might be listening to this sermon and going, wow, God, you're speaking to me from this again, you know? Um, I don't know if, if it's just me, but, you know, sometimes I'll be somewhere at a church or I'll be talking with another Christian friend and, and like, the same subject would come up that, came up just a couple of days ago or just maybe a few hours ago or maybe a week ago. And it's almost like God's trying to teach me a lesson in a season of time. And, you know, we we don't just get lessons from God from a pastor giving a sermon. We get lessons from God. If we're open to it, we can hear him speaking to us through different people, through different ways, through his word, and through different seasons we go through. He's actually trying to develop us and grow us like a father with children, to develop them and grow them. Uh, I'll be taking my youngest boy out soon and we're going to go fishing and we're going to have a good time talking about life and talking about his future and, and the things that are going to happen or the things we know are going to happen, you know, and the changes that will happen. It'll be great, you know. But that's my role as a father, to, to help my son to grow, you know, and that's our role as parents, Sonia and I, as we, we've been growing our children We don't expect them to stay babies forever. We don't expect them to have milk for the rest of their life. We we actually expect our children to grow into adults and and leave the nest and and find their own lives and find their own place in the world and and make their own families. You know, that's, that's, that's the plan. And it's God's plan for every single Christian to move from one level of faith to another level of faith and from one level of glory to another level of glory. And to grow us, you know, and, and to develop in us uh, a holy attitude, a holy heart. Uh, and, and as time goes by, we get that opportunity sometimes where we look back and we see our memories, you know, sometimes they come up on Facebook, but we see our memories of how it used to be back when, you know, when we were early Christians and we think, oh, my goodness, did I actually believe that then? Did I actually do that then? Did I think that was an okay decision back then? And over the, over the years... The Holy Spirit has renewed our minds, our renewed our thinking over the years, and we've, we've grown to be not like we used to be. We're not there yet, all right? If you are there, please just yeah, press stop on your phone, <laughs> and we'll, we'll be praying for you if you are there. But no one's there yet. No one's perfect yet. We're all works in progress. We're all learners, right? And so that's the point. But to trust in the Lord is what we're supposed to do. We're to trust in him, to trust in the Lord. And we're to trust in the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our heart. And I think David maybe understood what that meant because God said to Prophet Samuel, there is a man after my own heart and he's going to be the next king. Even before he was the king, he was a shepherd in the, in, you know, in the flocks, out in the pastures. But God saw this man this young man who was after God's heart, you know, 
And that's what God wants from all of us, to go after his heart. If you just turn over one page, if you've got a real actual Bible like me, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, he writes, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. The springs of life, the outgoings of life. From the heart flow the springs of life. Now, we're not talking, I guess, we're talking about the heart or, or that if God said that David was a man after his heart, we're not talking about a fleshly organ. So what are we talking about? We're talking about, uh, we're not also, we're not talking about intellect and logic. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the decision-making centre of each and every person that governs their, um, their, their thoughts, their decisions, uh, their feelings, uh, their words. Even Jesus said, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, sometimes we try and pray, Lord, please put a guard on my tongue. Uh, I'm really struggling to, you know, have good words with this person or, you know, I'm having, having trouble with swearing or whatever it is. And we, we say, God, put a guard on my tongue, whereas we really should be saying, God, search my heart and make that make my heart good. And then from that, our words will be good. Um, it's from the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. The heart's a very important, very important part of who you are. In fact, Paul said to the early church that we believe with our heart. You know, he said in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. It's, it's with our heart that we believe and are justified. And it's with our mouth that we confess and are saved. It's, your heart is actually supposed to be stronger than your head in the kingdom of God. Your heart is supposed to be stronger than your head in the kingdom of God. In fact, think about it this way. When you, when you are in prayer to God, who is in charge? Is it you or is it God? Of course, we come to God and we know that he's in charge. Okay, And, and, and the natural response to do that is to bow to bow in the presence of someone greater, to bow in his majesty, right? And so what happens when you bow is that if you're on your knees and you bow with your head to the ground, you put your head lower and without thinking about it, your heart becomes higher than your head. And that's what God's, I guess, maybe trying to teach you, and he certainly is me, is that uh, my, my heart needs to be closer to him than my head, uh, we'll certainly not understand God with our heads. Jesus, uh, God said to Isaiah that our ways are not his ways. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. They're so much higher. His thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. Uh, so we need to trust him with all of our heart, with all of our heart. You know, have you ever said these words before? Gee, Lord, you're trying to speak to my heart but my head keeps getting in the way. I found myself saying that just the other day. <laughs> he's trying to tell me something, and my head keeps getting in the way, but he's trying to speak to my heart. Now, this is not anti-knowledge. 
You know, back to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. That's not understanding is wrong. That's not knowledge is wrong. That's not having discernment and making a reasonable choice about a situation is wrong. Uh, it's not saying that we should all be flippant and just go with our feelings. That's not what this is saying at all. Um, this is this is actually uh, saying that what you lean on should be not what you can see. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. You know, to know to know more about God is great. But to know his plans and his will and his purposes, that's really his business to reveal that to us in due time. Now, if I knew if I knew exactly what was going to happen to me this week, you know, I say, Lord, just reveal your plans for me this week, then there would not be any need for me to put my faith and trust in him. I would know everything. I would know it all. I'd expect everything. There'd, there'd be no mystery. But then ha there has to be, if there is to be faith in God, if he has, if he is God and I'm putting my faith in him and I'm trusting him with my heart, then there has to be a place somewhere, in fact, probably most of the time, where I don't know what's going on. I don't understand what's going on. You know, I don't have revelation about anything. You know, sometimes we... Um, in prayer, in counselling, you know, we're asking God, please reveal the situation to me, you know, bring revelation. You know, um, we're told that he is the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the Holy Spirit, and he loves to reveal things, but he doesn't always reveal things when we want him to. There has to be that unknown bit where we just are caught up in the tension of that awkward silence of just trusting him and knowing that he's got it in his hands and it's after the fact we get the opportunity to look back at those situations and go okay i get why you're trying to grow my heart muscle more now and not my head because you're god and you know everything you know it was the it, you can say it was the lord and i didn't perceive it um there's this story in in Genesis 28, in fact, I might just turn there, Genesis 28 about Jacob and um, and he's on the run and uh, he gets pretty tired. So in Genesis 28, if you've got it, turn there with me. And from verse um, 10, but particularly want to focus on verse 16, um, Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed. And behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to earth, uh, reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were, were ascending and descending on it. Behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. 
That's amazing. What promises from God? But it says at the very beginning, he in verse 11, he came to a certain place and stayed there the night. There was nothing special about that place. He was just going through the motions, and all of a sudden God turned up in a dream. And then he says in verse 16, Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. There has to be a place where we don't know it. There has to be times in my life where I don't know the answer and I don't know what the truth is, and I have to trust God with all of my heart. Otherwise, he's not my God. And maybe that's what God saw in, in David when he when he chose him as king. Maybe that's what God saw in him. Don't know. Just have to not know that. There was also a time where Jesus rose from the dead in Luke's gospel in chapter 24, and he met with a couple of disciples leaving Jerusalem. You know, they thought Jesus was dead, and they thought that was it, and there was no hope. And Jesus kind of top secret crept up alongside them on the road and just talking with them and listening to them, and uh, and they shared all this stuff about Jesus, and here he is listening in on the conversation. And, um, and they got to a place where they came to a town, and the disciples thought, well, why don't you just stay with us? They didn't know who this guy was. They didn't even recognize it was Jesus, but it was. And so he said, oh, um, yeah, sure. So he came in, and they had food, and he broke bread, and then it says he disappeared. You can read it for yourself in Luke 24. Um, and then later on, when they met with the other disciples, uh, they said, weren't our hearts burning within us? You know, we didn't even realize that it was God walking with us on the road to Emmaus. We didn't even realize God was there. We didn't know. But our hearts were burning. You know, I think there's a lesson there for all of us is that not that we need to follow our hearts everywhere because our hearts are deceitful above all things, we're told. In uh, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, one of those, you can look it up. I don't know that. But I know that my heart can lead me astray sometimes. But it won't lead me astray if it's trusting in God because that's the, that's the focus, trusting in God. We're told by Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, 7 that we are to walk, to live our lives, not by sight but by faith. And it's with our hearts that we believe. It's with our hearts that we have faith. And, and it's with our hearts that we have faith, which leads me to Hebrews 11. You know, there's this passage in Hebrews where you can see these very ordinary people in Hebrews 11 who stand out as heroes of the faith. I could probably tell you right now without even just looking through them that each and every one of them was led by their heart to trust God, not by their head. Because amazing things happened when people trusted God with all of their hearts, not with all of their heads. I'm sure if, if you were David and, or I was David, a young man against some kind of experienced massive soldier called Goliath, that our heads would say, that's a dumb idea. I would not fight against him. But our hearts say, no, God is in charge. I'm going to fight against him. God's going to back me up. You know, and, it, and David's in that list of all these um, faith people. Um, there's lots of different stories. You can read them up, uh, read up on them and uh, see how people were governed by their hearts trusting God, not their heads. 
And it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, what faith is. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That word assurance is like evidence, is, is the nature of it. It's the nature of faith. It's the same word that um, the writer of Hebrews uses at the beginning, actually in chapter 1, where he talks about Jesus um, in verse 3. He's talking about Jesus. He says, he, Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. That's the word, nature, assurance, the same thing. It's Jesus is the exact imprint of God's nature. Back to Hebrews 11. Faith is the nature of things hoped for. It's actually a thing. Faith is a thing hoped for. It's a conviction of things not seen. Now, that messes with our intellect, with our logic, with our eyes, with our sight, with our emotions even. But with our heart, we believe. We have faith in God with our heart. And so trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And don't put your leaning on your own understanding. It doesn't say don't have understanding. It just means don't put your support. Don't let understanding support your decision. Let there be a little bit of mystery and trust in a God who can come through. So the question from verse 5 is what, what supports your decisions? What supports us? What supports us moving forward uh, as a church going out of this COVID-19 thing into, into face-to-face worship? What, what will govern our decisions on how we're going to minister in our community? Will it be our intellect or will it be our heart? Are we going to trust God with, with what we have or are we going to trust God with what we don't have? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. The next bit is this. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make straight your paths. In all your ways, acknowledge him. What's your way is what your way is, is what you're going to do tomorrow, whether it be for money or volunteering, or if you're a, if you're just a hardworking parent at home, a mum with kids, what you, what you do tomorrow is your way. In all of your way, acknowledge him. Now, this word acknowledge is to know, right? To know. It's a Hebrew word. I think it's Yodor or Yoda. It almost sounds like Yoda. So that might help all the Star Wars fans to remember to know. But it actually doesn't mean to know with your head. It's the same word that God that uh, God used through Moses when he wrote Genesis, where Adam knew Eve. Adam knew Eve. And all the parents know what that means, right? Kids might not understand what that means, but there's connection. There's intimacy. There's an exchange happening. And there's life. There's, there's, there's an intimate life exchange connection. And that's what this word means. In all your ways, know him intimately. So tomorrow, I'm going to put this to practice. I'm taking my, as I said before, I'm taking my younger boy out. We're going to go for a, uh, a couple of days away, hopefully. 
and go fishing. Now, I'm not a fisherman, but I know a guy who is the best fisherman in all of history. His name is Jesus. And so when I go fishing tomorrow, I'm going to acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, you're the best fisherman. You can help me to catch fish. He's pretty, he's pretty good at it. He's pretty good at it. But that's, that's just, you know, me. What about you? You might be a builder. You might be an apprentice builder. I challenge you to turn up to work tomorrow and acknowledge that God is the master craftsman, that he is the architect of the universe, that he knows how to build things properly and ask him to help you. Get intimate with, with God's way of building. Um, you might be a teacher. Jesus is the greatest educator of history in all of history. And so you, you're in holidays right now, but you might be still involved in teaching. When you go to teach your class, acknowledge, get intimate with God in his presence and say, God, you're the teacher. You're actually the educator of these children and you're going to use me. So help me to be the educator that you are to these people. There's a whole lot of other applications you can have. You might be a student. Well, Jesus was was submitted himself as with his parents to, to go to the temple and learn. He was always learning. He was, and, and he, he learned so much that when he was without a Bible or any scripture in the wilderness and the devil himself tempted him, Jesus was able to quote scriptures again and again and again because he had studied. He's the greatest studier. He's the greatest student. Student. So when you're about your, your uh, studies again tomorrow, ask him, Lord, you're the greatest student in all of, all of history. You've done it. Help me as I study. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make straight your paths. He will make straight your paths. I know I want a straight path. <laughs> I want I want life to be smooth as I want everything to be pretty pretty easy. Uh, as a pastor, I acknowledge that Jesus is is the greatest teacher, the greatest pastor, the greatest carer, the greatest deliverer, the greatest healer. And in all of my ways, I want to acknowledge him and he might make straight my path. You know why? Because I found in my life, I'm only 42, but I found in my life that when I try and make paths, I get into a big mess. But it's, if it's his path and if he's the one straightening it out, then it's, it's okay. It's not too bad. It might not be always easy. There might be trouble along the way. But what I'll do in that trouble is I'll trust him with all of my heart and I won't lean on my understanding. And in all of my ways, I'll just acknowledge him and get intimate with him and, and connect with him and he'll make it okay. Maybe we can apply that to this COVID-19 situation that we're going through. Maybe you can do that with, you know, financial situation. It might be tough. Um, unemployment is really, really tough at the moment. I know in Pakenham right now, we're, we're kind of being labelled as, as the lepers of of uh, Victoria almost, that, you know, there's this outbreak uh, and there's some hotspot suburbs around Victoria. And a lot of people can be under a whole lot of stress with that. But what we can learn from these passages is that we can trust God with all of our hearts and not lean on what we can see and, and understand. But in all of our ways, whatever we're about to do, we can get intimate with him, connect with him, and in the end, he'll smooth it out in his timing, in his is a good time.
acknowledge him. So tonight, where do we land? Maybe there's parts of your life where you're, you're, you're needing to make a decision about something. I want to encourage you, maybe, maybe God wants you to trust him with your heart and don't lean on your understanding. Not lean totally on your understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. He'll make it straight. Maybe there's someone tonight that needs to trust in Jesus for the first time and we want to make sure we can, if, if anyone's watching, then give you the opportunity to do that because God loves you and he, he wants the best for you, but he, he needs all of your heart, all of your heart. And that can be tough sometimes because our hearts have been hurt by other people. But I want to encourage you tonight that God will never hurt your heart. You can actually trust him with all of your heart. You can give your whole heart to God, and he will make a way for you. He will, he will sort things out for you as you connect with him on a daily basis and trust in him. So we're going to pray, and, um, and then we'll finish with one last song and wrap it up. Let's pray. Now, God, we come to you right now, and we, we declare that we are in need of you. Lord, uh, we have messed up our own lives. We've made decisions in uh, in haste sometimes, in fear, using our own intellect and logic. Uh, and, and to be honest, Lord, that just gets in the way sometimes. And uh, it feels good for a short period, but it doesn't really sort out the real problems. And we just thank you, God, that you are in control of the whole of the universe. You hold it all together. Uh, you're in charge. But God... You also allow us to have the choice whether we want to trust you with all of our hearts or not. And so, God, we make the, we make the tough decision tonight to do that. We, we trust you with all of our heart, not just some, not most, but with all of it. And we come to you and we acknowledge that you are the creator of the universe and that, Lord, whatever we put our hands to uh, tomorrow or tonight or uh, in our careers or in our study or in our relationships, God, that we want to acknowledge you in all of it. We want to get intimate with you. We want to connect with you. We want to exchange, have an exchange with you, God. And we thank you that you allow us to make choices. You allow us to make mistakes simply because you're our father and you want us to grow, grow to become mature well-rounded people who trust you with all of our hearts. But God, we start tonight with our heart. We trust you. We, we turn to you, God, with our heart. We're after you like David was a man after your own heart. We're after your heart. But we don't have it all together, but we know that you do. So we put our faith in you, Lord, tonight, and we trust you. Have your way, God. And have, in your timing, bring deliverance, bring freedom, bring success, bring victory. In Jesus' name, for your glory. Amen.